millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, welcome back to the Explaining History podcast. It's the first new podcast of 2015. Hope you guys all had a great Christmas and a lovely new year. Um, now we're going to get down to uh, another year's history recordings. Um, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about Mussolini. One of my uh, reads of 2014 has been Christopher Duggan's brilliant book, Fascist Voices. If you haven't read it, it's an absolute must-read for a couple of reasons. Firstly, um, because I think that um, fascist Italy is one of those topics that's kind of underdone. Um, it really has to compete with our ongoing obsession with Nazism, um, and uh, it, it doesn't fare well, um, though it should, because it's a, a vital and important area of, of study. And secondly, what Christopher Duggan has done, and I've, I've mentioned this before, um, he's created really a, um, a kind of a, a social history of uh, fascist Italy by looking at the, the diaries. Um, it's, it's referred to as a kind of an intimate history, of um, looking at uh, diaries and letters um, that people are writing. And this, this helps historians in a number of ways. First, it helps to sweep away um, certain notions that kind of previous historiographies have imposed on us, particularly Marxist historiographies, that um, most people were kind of reluctantly oppressed by fascism and, you know, re reluctant um, uh, subjects of fascism. And fascism was really the kind of the, the product of uh, monopoly capitalism. Um, and the picture that emerges is actually something quite different, really, that there are normal, enormous number of people who were very enthusiastic about fascism, who saw it as um, the uh, answer to a lot of Italy's problems, it, they saw it as a kind of a bulwark against communism. They saw it as the um, uh, tool by which the problems of liberal Italy would be um, resolved and that the failings of liberal Italy, Italy would be swept away. And the um, uh, Italy that had been uh, begun during the Risorgimento would be completed uh, and uh, the uh, legacy of ancient Rome would be brought back um, under fascism, and the and Italians would be made from uh, a, a kind of a, a disunited and localised and uh, fairly kind of anarchic uh, nation 
into a, a uniform um, state and the, uh, the, the development of national citizens uh, with a sense of national identity would occur. Um, there was a, a set of belief that fascism would um, sweep away um, the older empires of Britain and France and the, these kind of bourgeois and decadent states um, would uh, be, be forced to step aside and uh, Italy under fascism would have its place in the sun. These were, uh, were, were the beliefs that actually motivated an awful lot of people uh, to support Mussolini. Um, and so um, Christopher Duggan's done a, a great service, really. Um, so anyway, that's my, my kind of... I don't receive any monies, by the way, for plugging these books. I just tell you about things I like. So that's my, my little caveat. But there is an, another interesting aspect to fascist voices, and I want to talk about that today. Now, bear in mind, this is largely from my reading of the book. These are not... This is not kind of uh, prima facie sort of uh, primary research done by me. I have not been through uh, the painstaking archive, uh, archival work that Christopher Duggan has done. But I just find it interesting, so I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how Mussolini um, presented himself to the Italian people and what that can suggest to us. There are all sorts of um, uh, mentions of uh, ordinary Italian people running, uh, seeing Mussolini. Um, sometimes these would have been real encounters, other times imagined, other times kind of fantasy. Um, but the uh, theme that keeps coming up through all these encounters is of, uh, of Mussolini being a man of the people, of him um, being um, part of the, uh, the process of um, working on the Pontine Marshes. Pontine Marshes, a large area of marshland near Rome, that was drained by the fascists. Uh, total ecological crime, by the way. Um, the these sort of rich wetlands um, were drained uh, of their water and uh, turned into farmland. I believe now it's all largely largely exhausted and barren. But this is one of the great uh, achievements of um, fascist Italy: the draining of the Pontine marshes. Mussolini is frequently um, uh, depicted um, in letters, in newspaper articles, in diary entries as having been um, working with pick and shovel, uh, bare-chested, um, on, uh, on, on the Pontine Marshes project. People uh, are, said, are said to have met Mussolini driving tractors or simply breaking bread with Italian peasants. And he's not seen as being anything other than a, um, a, a kind of a working class um, and um, salt of the earth kind of guy. Similarly, uh, in uh, Italy's various military ventures in Abyssinia, in Libya, in Albania, um, and in Corfu uh, before the Second World War begins. There is also a belief that uh, Mussolini tends to lead from the front, where you know, nothing could be further from the truth, uh, and that Mussolini is uh, willing to risk his own life and to, to sacrifice his own life potentially for the greater glory of fascist Italy. Mussolini's um, success with the ladies, which uh, by all accounts 
was definitely true. Um, again, it becomes a sort of a subject of folklore that his 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 uh, sexual prowess um, is seen as a as a kind of an, an asset, um, and that there is something really important about that fact uh, to his um, kind of dynamism and leadership. Now, what's the point of all this, uh, other than it being kind of a, a, amusing stories? Um, well, it tells us something about how the fascist regime was um, observed, how it was perceived uh, by fascist supporters and by ordinary Italians, um, of being um, a, a regime based around the idea of action, of work, of dynamism, of doing, of um, a rejection of... Um, bureaucracy and intellectualism and the divisive party politics of the liberal era and simply getting on with it and this is a uh, an advantage that fascism has but it also presents fascism with a significant problem because in order to appear dynamic uh, the fascist regime has to um, become more radical it has to do more stuff and part of the um, shift towards uh, greater confrontation with France and Britain throughout the 1930s, particularly over issues such as Abyssinia, is that the regime can't appear to be sitting still. You know, it, once it has consolidated itself internally within Italy, then the process of uh, national greatness, empire building, um, risking war in order to help you know, forge the national character of Italy and Italians, this becomes an essential part of the uh, of of the regime, and there is a sense that if the regime isn't doing these things, if it and uh, if it isn't uh, actually doing things like the invading Abyssinia, then um, it ceases really to to be fascist. It it simply becomes a rather um, second-rate version of liberal Italy that went beforehand. Um, the constant forward movement of the regime, the constant dynamism of the regime, has to be one of its defining features. Uh, and, it, and it is uh, one of fascism's um, defining features. So one of, the, um, one of the things about fascism, and this kind of applies to Nazism as well, is there's an inherent instability in it. It, there, it, um, it has a a rather dysfunctional relationship with public opinion where it presents itself to public opinion as this regime of action, uh, this politics of action, uh, and therefore has to take action even when that action might be perhaps ill-advised. And subsequently um, it appears on with um, Abyssinia that um, they came frequently um, close to being defeated in Abyssinia um, and it was only the uh, decision to use poison gas um, that uh, and, and commit all manner of atrocities that finally um, fi finally broke um, Haile Selassie's regime. The outcome of this in inverted commas success in Abyssinia was that the it was that Italy was bankrupted um, by the campaign and her military powers exhausted, um, and obviously, with it, uh, Mussolini committed huge resources to propping up the fascist uh, nationalist Franco um, insurgency in Spain, 
and these um, both these two commitments resulted in um, Mussolini being very poorly prepared for the Second World War. One interesting similarity between Nazism and fascism um, is the extent to which when problems do occur, when the regime uh, finally does uh, fall out of favour as a result of the war and as a result of uh, the growing knowledge of corruption and graft, Mussolini himself is rarely blamed. Um, very, Mussolini is seen as a kind of a, a figurehead who has saved the nation, who has uh, steered. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Italy um, away from disaster and towards greatness. And it's normally the coterie around Mussolini uh, of advisors and um, uh, other fascists um, and the um, uh, apparatchiks within the regime itself that are, are criticised. And there is a, a, a repeated phrase, um, if only the Duce knew. Interestingly, um, if you read any of the uh, histories of Stalin's camps, um, and Applebaum, uh, by the way, her book Gulag is uh, one of the best things on the subject that I've personally read. Um, there is another sense um, amongst uh, prisoners in the Soviet Union that, um, you know, surely if Stalin knew what had happened here, if he knew how I had been treated uh, about this, this miscarriage of justice, then he would he would write this. And um, the, the faith in that uh, leader figure is quite extraordinary. There are all manner of nervous breakdowns post-fascism as people um, who had given their uh, entire emotional energy, their passion and their belief to Mussolini that um, he was a saviour. Um, there is this um, immense emotional crisis in a great many people in Italy uh, when it transpires that either A, the saviour has been um, killed off as he was um, or b that it turns out that he's a, a largely fraudulent figure um, the 
passions that people invested in Mussolini were by and large not reciprocated. Mussolini, uh, in many of his outpourings, has immense contempt for the Italian people, you know, real disrespect. He looks upon them as uh, an undisciplined, lazy mob. Um, he uh, believes that part of his role is to forge the Italian character, and that is, in his eyes, becomes next to impossible. Because the um, only thing he believes that will really make Italians you know, into this um, race of super supermen or new men uh, is war. And it, it turns out um, that Italy uh, is not particularly good at fighting or waging uh, long campaigns. Largely, this is the reason that Italy, the reason for this is Italy goes to war um, throughout the 1930s and into the Second World War unprepared on almost every occasion. Um, the lack of artillery, aircraft, um, the lack of a, a strong navy with air cover, um, and the, the lack of uh, motor transport, particularly when you're waging a, a campaign across the desert, really leaves the Italians pretty helpless and um, uh, defeated uh, in most ev every theatre. Um, so the, um, the, the, the fault really doesn't lie with uh, any lack of ardour by the uh, Italian people and the extreme um, lengths to which many Italian fascists within the army went in believing in the Duce and the extent to which even in defeat uh, and uh, existing in uh, British and Allied prisoner of war camps um, that ordinary Italians fighting for Mussolini still believed that he was the saviour of the nation um, is, is quite extraordinary and if it was if, if passion alone won wars Italy would have won. One explanation that many Italians uh, proffer uh, during the wars for the nation's ills is the relationship with Nazi Germany that since the late 1930s many Italians had felt very uneasy about. Uh, they were um, the, the two kinds of fascism, Nazism and Italian fascism, are substantially different in many ways. And the uh, reasons that ordinary Italians supported Italian fascism um, meant that um, a great many of them did not look favourably upon uh, Nazism. And there was a supreme distrust of, um, of the Nazis. Um, there was a growing awareness that the uh, that Italy was going to play second fiddle to the um, Germans during the war, and Mussolini himself uh, had this dilemma to resolve in that he knew that um, by allying with Germany, it gave uh, Mussolini a, sig a significantly greater chance of being on the winning side, but he knew that Italy was not likely to be do to to do much of the winning, but. The problem for Mussolini is that this is is insufficient. He can't simply be seen to be hang, riding on Hitler's coattails. He needs to have victories himself. He needs the uh, Italian army to be capable of winning in the same, uh, you know, in its own right, independently of Nazism. And this is obviously something that just doesn't happen. Many uh, Italians um, were gravely uh, upset and bothered by 
the uh, anti-Semitic laws that Mussolini introduces from 1938 onwards. The um, popular historiography on this one is that Mussolini um, simply decided to appease Hitler and do something that Hitler would like, i.e. persecute the Jews uh, in Italy and appear to be, um, you know, people-pleasing, if you will, um, with, uh, with the Fuhrer. Um, Christopher Duggan, you know, come back to his, his work here again, because, it, again, it is uh, interesting and noteworthy and, and well worth considering, um, argues that really what's happening with Mussolini is that, that yes, that, that is true, but also Mussolini thinks that um, part of Italy's problem is its kindness, its tolerance, its accepting nature. And these are all sort of bourgeois vices. These are weaknesses. These are sort of the kind of um, uh, emotional fripperies and creature comforts that prevent a nation from being strong and hardy and uh, all-conquering. And that cruelty, and particularly racial cruelty and racism, are essential for crafting this nation of, this, this nation of conquerors. Now, this isn't seen by uh, ordinary Italian people, to their great credit, uh, in the same way at all. Most Italian people are appalled that um, the uh, that Italian Jews, who um, are very assimilated and uh, integrated into Italian society, are singled out in this way. There doesn't seem to have been initially a groundswell of anti-Semitic culture within within Italy. However, um, the by the moment that it is given official sanction by the regime, obviously anti-Semitic ideas and attitudes develop. Mussolini himself appears to have had kind of, shall we say, casually anti-Semitic views for a long, long time. Um, perhaps less ardent in his outlook than, than Hitler. But he, you know, he, he has them nonetheless. But for, for the most of his regime, they don't really influence his, his politics. So there is this curious relationship um, between the, um, uh, the figure of the Duce and the popular imaginations and imaginings and passions and outlooks and views of ordinary Italians. And in a, um, in, in a very real sense, they kind of project their um, hopes, their fears, their fantasies and their beliefs onto Mussolini. Now, it might be possible to argue that um, if you look at any um, regime during a, uh, sort of the 20th century, when you've got this kind of period of uh, mass participation in politics, either totalitarian or democratic, that a similar process occurs, and very probably it does. Um, I imagine that if you look at uh, regimes such as um, Communist China under Mao, um, or... Stalinism or Nazism, there is a, a, a similar phenomenon occurring, and, and perhaps even under uh, populist democratic figures such as Churchill and de Gaulle. Um, however, the uh, reason why I think this is particularly, uh, particularly interesting is because Mussolini is so kind of so blatant in attempting to to harness it and attempting to appear in this particularly populist, down to earth way. Um, Mussolini uh, didn't particularly 
uh, embrace um, grandiose living. Um, he wished to be seen as um, really the, the, the essence of um, hard-working peasant Italy and through that he hoped that um, the Italian people were, would, would imprint these, these values onto him. Anyway, a um, bit of a ramble today, but I think it's an interesting topic nonetheless. So um, we are, this is the 99th Explaining History podcast. Tomorrow we're going to see if we can crack the big 100. Now, let me tell you about the exciting first Bonanza giveaway of uh, 2015 for the Explaining History podcast. I have 10 copies of Wales and the First World War, a handy pocketbook which would cost you, in all good bookshops, anything, anything up to about two or three quid. I've got those to give away to post out to the first ten Explaining History listeners that can email me and um, let me know about the best thing they read over Christmas. Um, preferably a history book, but hey, I'll be uh, I'll be ref- um, flexible on that one. So you can get me uh, my temporary email address while I'm upgrading the website is nick underscore shepley s h e p l e y at hotmail dot com. Email me as soon as you can, and I'll put one of these into the post. Obviously, remember to put your address um, in the email, and I'll get one of those sent out to you. I'll be run- I'll be um, There's only 10 to give away, so uh, make sure you get in there super, super quick. Um, Okay, Um, so, yes, that's pretty much everything. We've got some cool stuff to come. Um, There's some new Explaining History titles coming out in the next few weeks, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, have a great 2015, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.